Hi, this is Jacob here. Welcome to episode 39 of the Clown Chat Podcast. This should be a short one, but um, there are some things about the Boston Celtics that I think need to be addressed. Um, just and, and I, don't, I don't even really think they need to be addressed, but uh, I have been getting requests to kind of address some things, so... Um, I really hesitate to give this any kind of legitimacy, but, um, and I'm going to explain that there are things I just will not give legitimacy to, but, uh, you know, I do think that, you know, I should come on here, kind of explain my side of things, and then just going forward, um, it's well known where I stand and where I'm coming from, and, there won't be much surprise or confusion or anything on how I approach things and stuff like that. So, obviously, it has not been an ideal start, of, you know, to the season for the Celtics. They're two and five. Some things, you know, some things have, have not gone well. But look, here's the thing. It is seven games into the season. There are 82 games in an NBA season. So do the math on that. That means there are 75 games left. There are 75 games left in the season. And there are like a couple games behind, you know, most of the other teams in their division that are expected to be decent. So just do the math on that. Look at how much time there is for them to really make up ground. So, and and this is kind of my thing. I just, look, there are people out there and um, we have some of them in our, our group chat, but they, there are people out there that they just, you know, will get into a season and then just first game, it's like they're already just like, oh, this is all super, super a big deal, you know, oh, after three games, oh, wow, the Cavs, are they going to make the playoffs now because they played well for three games? And, oh, or because they played well for, like, five games, are the Washington Wizards going to be a top three seed? And just on and on and on, and it's just like, like, breathe. <laughs> like, br breathe. You can't make definitive conclusions after five games, seven games, three games, you just can't do it. If you're making definitive conclusions after that stretch of time, and, and, it's, it, it, and it's changed from kind of what you said in the, you know, kind of, kind of what you said in the, in, in the preseason, before the season started, if you're changing that already off of five or seven games or whatever it is, then maybe you didn't know what the hell you were talking about in the first place. That's just my thing. You know, you should have confidence in what you thought going in that you're not because every team plays bad games. Every team plays good games during the season. They could all be, you know, stuck in the front or the back or whatever, or in the middle or, you know, you just can't go off of small sample sizes. It just doesn't work. So look, if you're somebody who is going to make a big deal out of small samples, I would say you really need 20 games to start making judgments. 
it, you know, probably, I'd say 20, I mean, 15 at minimum. And if you, certainly if you're coming up with anything before like 15 games, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, I just know like, look, if you're doing that, then you're just not going to get any acknowledgement from me because I don't consider it as legitimate. I just think it's, you know, look, you, everybody has a right to your opinion. If that's how you want to approach things and form opinions that way, you know, be my guest. It's America. It's a free country. You can do whatever you want. But on the same token, I have a right to think that whatever you're saying is just really just lacks any kind of legitimacy and lacks any kind of purpose and any kind of um, reason that it would be worth even thinking about, acknowledging, whatever. Because it's just pointless. You're not contributing anything, anything positive to a discussion when you're doing that. Because it's just worthless information. It's just small sample size. It's just... You can't you can't do that and have good takes. You just can't overreact to, to small sample sizes. I, I I it drives me nuts when people do that. I just have there's just no place for that with me. So if you're doing that and you know I I'm just not not acknowledging anything you say or just not taking you seriously. Well, that's why because I've I've seen how you approach it and I've concluded that well. I can't take anything he's saying seriously or I can't take, take anything they're saying seriously because I just know that the process of which you're getting this information and, and you're formulating this take is just not a good process. So that that's my thing on that. I just have no place for any of that. And, and look, there's lots of evidence of, I mean, I can just think off the top of my head, evidence throughout sports and throughout the NBA of why you can't approach it that way. Take the NBA last season. The Orlando Magic started 6-2. and 6-2. and two. They had a 6-2 and two record through eight games. Do you know how things played out for Orlando? They ended up, te- you know, free-falling, trading away most of their good players at the trade deadline and then tanking. And they had the fifth pick in the draft. But, oh, they got off to this nice start, right? So if you're just going to overreact to the small sample size, you probably thought Orlando was like this big contender or something. Like, no, no, that's not how it works. You can't do that. I mean, you, you even look at the Celtics. The Celtics started 8-3 and three last year. They, they got off to a really good start. And I was not high on last year's team, right? I was worried that this double big lineup they had with Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson was a bad fit. They didn't replace Gordon Hayward. Um... I was really worried about the complexion of the roster going into the year. And I still felt that way after after their start. I was just like, okay, this is good, but I'm still a little worried about this. And lo and behold, the bottom falls out. They get all the injuries and COVID and stuff. And on top of the roster issues I mentioned, you know, they, they, they don't have a great season. So that's just with the basketball. You can go to other sports too. Look at the Patriots this year. Game one, they play Miami, you know, outplay Miami, lose a fumble in the red zone late that they could have taken on a possession, they could have taken the lead on, end up losing by one point to the Dolphins. 
And, of course, at that time, we didn't know where things were going with each team necessarily. So all the talk was, well, you know, oh, is Miami going to be the second again? You know, have they really permanent, have, have, have the Patriots playing catch-up with them too, not just Buffalo and all this stuff? Well, you know what's happened since then is the Dolphins look like a complete train wreck. Haven't won since. And the Patriots have had... You know, some tough losses against really good teams. They haven't lost to a team with a worse record than, I believe, 5-2. and two. And then they've won some games as well. They get a road win last week against a good team in the Chargers. And all of a sudden, it's looking like, based on the way things are playing out with their schedule, all of a sudden, it looks like the Patriots are about to embark on a playoff run. So, you have that example. Then look at the Red Sox. And again, I didn't really watch, I can't say I watched a ton of baseball this season. I didn't. But I know what happened because I vividly remember people outraged about it and just complaining about it. And that is, the Red Sox last season started the year against with a three-game series against the Orioles. They end up getting swept by the Orioles. And you know how things played out the rest of the season for each team? The Orioles were one of the two worst teams in baseball. I don't know whether they actually finished worst or second worst, but I know they were one of the two worst teams in baseball. And the Red Sox ended up in the ALCS. So those are just all, you know, examples of why you just can't look at how a team performs at the very beginning of a season when there's such a small sample size and say, okay, that's definitely what this team is. It just If you do that, you're forming bad opinions. You have a right to your opinions. I'm not saying you don't. You have a right to approach things that way and think that way. But the opinions you're forming are bad, Ill, ill-informed, and I'm not going to take you seriously if you approach things that way, if you approach things like that. I will not take you seriously. You do not deserve to be taken seriously by me. And if that makes me, you know, whatever, then fine. I don't give it. I don't give a damn. That that's just that's just my take on it. I just there, there's just no place for any of that with me. For any of the overreacting with me. Look, I'm a football fan first before I'm a basketball fan, right? So I'm in football mode right now, and maybe that helps me with this because. I'm very engrossed in the football season. It's very entertaining this year. There's a lot of excitement. There's The playoff race is going to be really fun. So I'm going to be largely focused on that through, you know, probably at least the conference championship game because the Super Bowl, it's two weeks later. It's kind of a one-off. But through January, I'm going to be pretty laser-focused on football. And then when basketball, when I really start focusing full-time on basketball, it will be at a point where we can kind of tell where things are going and, Not that I won't pay attention to basketball, but it's like not forefront, you know, for me all the time. So, I mean, maybe that's part of it. Maybe, you know, it's easier to, maybe you feel the need to, you know, make all these overreactions because basketball is like the one thing you're, you're following and it's, you're, you're excited. It's back, back on and all this stuff. Like I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be empathetic to that too. Like, you know. But that doesn't mean I can take it seriously. I, I, I just can't take it seriously. I just don't think there's a place for it. So, 
That's my stance on that. And I will, you know, in our chat, like, I've started ignoring certain pe certain people who, who have done this. I, I've just started, you know, and the ignoring has been... In, in one case, I've been doing it for months. In another case, I've just started. I mean, I'll do what I have to do. Like, I'm just not going to give anything that doesn't deserve credibility credibility. I won't do it. I used to do it way too much. And I'm not doing it anymore. So. And then, and then, so, again, I don't really think I should have to do this. Because it is so early. But just for the sake of our listeners who are, you know, prob probably a little, you know, curious about the details of, of what's happened with the Celtics, here, here's what I can tell you. I can't really speak on, you know, obviously a lot of people like to talk about the Bulls game. I can't really speak on any of that because I didn't watch the game. I'm only going to speak on games I actually watched. So, I'll start there. Um... But what I can tell you is this. The way things have played out, you know, it's a mix of some things. Um, number one, it's just the way things have played out with their schedule has been a factor so far. Um, and what I mean by that is I, I actually looked at the schedule coming in and I didn't really think it was that difficult. But here's the thing. And I, I don't know if any if all these teams are good. I don't. I, I thought the Celtics were better than most of them, quite frankly. But at the end of the day, the the Celtics, a lot of these teams that they're playing are the teams, are the exact teams that have gotten off to, to really, really hot starts in the Eastern Conference. And the schedule's been road heavy on top of that. So it's not like the Celtics are losing to teams with, with bad records. They they lost to Toronto, who I looked at. They're they're like number six right now. You know, again, you can't take these seedings seriously. You just can't do it. But you know, just 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 right now in the standings, they're number six. That was the worst one out of all of them for sure. But it was also game two. You know, you you sorry, you just can't overreact to game two. You can't do it. Then there was. Uh, I mean, and, and then you have the Knicks on the road. Yeah, the Toronto one was the wor was probably the worst because it was at home. But, I mean, you have the Knicks on the road. That's overtime. That's a coin flip game. Wizards, same thing. Wizards at home was a little worse. But, I mean, that wasn't like a blowout or anything. And then um, you have the Chicago game. All those teams, the Wizards, the Knicks, the Bulls, and, and the Raptors are all in the top eight right now. Mo uh, I think besides the Raptors, are all in the top four right now. So it's like they're they're playing these teams that have gotten off to hot starts, and for whatever reason, they're just ready to go. Now, will things stay that way as the season goes on? Who knows? Because again, you can't go off of when you're projecting long term. You can't go off of the small sample size start. But just in terms of how things have gone with the start, you can kind of see where. You know the Celtics might have got caught caught up a little bit. I mean, when they had a bad team on their schedule in in the Rockets, they they were fine. They won that game without Jalen Brown, and then they had a nice overtime win in 
Charlotte as well. I mean, they if, if a few bounces of the ball are differently, and they could easily be, um, because of how close some of these games have been, they easily be, you know, have a winning record, and nobody is saying anything. And this early in the season, you can't really get caught up in in, in that too much. Like, eventually, the, the wins and losses are banked, and, and they are what they are, and the, and the future variance is not there. But when, when you're projecting future performance and future wins, you can't just be like, oh, this team is this record. You know, they're going to do the exact same thing going forward. It's like, no, that's not how it works. You have to actually look at how the team is playing. And, yeah, the wins and losses so far are banked, but there's not very many wins and losses banked right now. And then going forward, you have to look at just how they're playing. And then, um, you know, oftentimes uh, it might be a little bit of a, a different story. Like, I definitely think with how the Celtics are playing, like, going forward, um you know, obviously it's going to be more, mean more wins, you know, give, given the overtime losses and stuff. So, 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 so there's that. And then, um, what was I going to talk about next? Yeah. I mean, so I went over, I went over the schedule and just how that's how that's been. I I do want to mention, and, and I'm not here to say that everything is perfect with the team, and and that there's nothing going on. Again, I'm not gonna just overreact to things from from now. But there were a couple of things that I wanted to see coming into the season that I was a little worried about, and those things still hold, and I'll I'll mention those. So I did not like the, you know, coaching is, I think if there's one concern throughout all this, it is coaching. Because you have uh, some rotations that I don't really think make sense. I don't know why they have two centers starting together and they don't really have one coming off their bench. That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, so what I would do is <sighs> Al Horford is playing so well. I don't know if you can have him go to the bench right now. Uh, you know, they're going to have to pick one of those guys, Al Horford, Robert Williams. They're both starting caliber players, but one of those guys is going to have to take one for the team and go to the bench. I think that would be the ideal. If, if one of those guys, um, it could be Rob, it could be Al. I don't know which. They're both really good players, and they both probably deserve to start, but uh, I would have one of those guys come off the bench. And I think that would help things. And then with the other starting spot, here here's my one of my big complaints. Where is Aaron Neesmith? He's probably the best young prospect on this team. He adds shooting, which is something that the team could use. He hustles. He he you, you know, he gets after it on defense. Why is he not playing? And the crowdedness of the rotation is not an excuse. Um, as far as I'm concerned, Aaron Neesmith should be a consideration just to start. If you're moving Horford or Williams to the bench, then Neesmith should get the start. You know, should be in consideration to start on the wink because his skill set could really be used alongside the rest of the starters. You also look at starting Dennis Schroeder as well. 
Um, he's really played well as a, as a point guard coming off the bench. And then that would make the pick picture a little bit clearer so Peyton Pritchard could get the, the true backup point guard job. That could, uh, that could be something that could help. Um, so you could go in either one of those directions. One of those directions, that was what I would pick for the starting lineup. I would not start those guys together. I mean, you can close with them together if you want, but the fact that they're closing, they've been closing a lot with Schroeder and one of the big men kind of tells you that, well, you know, why, why are they starting those guys together when the, when the rotations would probably flow a lot better if one of them was coming off the bench. So I will criticize them on that, but I was doing that before the season started. You know, this isn't new. I'm not overreacting. This is something I felt before the season started. Um, trying, Just trying to think here. Um, but yeah, and I mean, and, and just... You know, the young players need more time in general. I mean, Pritchard, Langford, and Neesmith have all been kind of shut out of the rotation at times, especially Neesmith, and I don't really agree with that. Um, somebody like Josh Richardson, who has been inconsistent, he's had some good moments, he's had some bad moments. More importantly, he's unvaxxed, and I'm sorry, I am very biased against players who aren't vaccinated. I, I would be more than thrilled if... Um, if Boston had the same stuff in place where, uh, you know, that, that, that San, San Francisco and LA and, and New York and cities like that have where like, you can't play if you're not vaxxed, like, yeah, you can go and not get the vaccine, but you know, you don't get to play basketball. If, if you're, you're going to make that choice, then fine, but you're going to sacrifice some things. I love that. I'm all for that. Like, there's just no excuse for this anti-vax bullshit. There's none. I mean, you saw the Aaron Rodgers thing today. Like, good Lord, he literally lied about it because he didn't want to take the criticism. Like, I'm sorry, what a, just, what a bitch. Like, that's just such a bitch move. I mean, anyway, so believe me, it's got, it's not gonna, I'm not gonna shed a tear at all if Boston decides to enact some sort of similar thing and Josh Richardson can't play because of it. Like, Good riddance. Like, if you're not going to get your shot, then you're not ready to be a dependable part of our basketball team. And, you know, for, for fans of other teams that are, you know, sympathetic to it, I just don't get that either. I, I just don't get that. Um, you know, you should, uh, you know, if you have a player who's who's in that situation, then, then shun them. Like, you shouldn't want them. You shouldn't want anything to do with them. So, anyway. Like, I wouldn't hate it if, if they tried sitting... Why don't, why don't you try sitting a guy like Richardson down? What 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 about him is, like, so important that he has to play every game? And they have depth. That's a good thing. I mean, Grant Williams is a guy who's played better this year than I, I expected. He, he gives them some real depth at the four spot. I mean, Jabari, they, they, they legitimately go deep enough now where if they're just missing a rotation player... Is not a big deal, which is nice because they, they they did not have that last year. That was not a thing. They 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 went eight deep, just deep enough to fill out a playoff rotation, and then it dropped off. And they never had the eight together, so they always had some sort of bump playing. 
this year is not going to be that problem, which is nice. So, yeah, I just, uh, and then, you know, people, you know, all worried about the way Tatum's playing and, and all this stuff like that. It's like, people just need to breathe. People just need to breathe and relax. Jason Tatum, every season of his career, pretty much, you know, since he's become a star, he always starts seasons off a little bit on the slower side. And then as the season goes on, he ramps up and around mid-season, you know, mark it down this year, mark it down. Because this happens every season. Around mid-season, he's going to make a leap, maybe a little bit before mid-season. But in the middle of the season sometime, he's going to make a leap and everybody's going to start saying, whoa, they're going to start taking notice of him. That's going to happen. It happens every time. And, of course, last season it got kind of interrupted by the COVID thing. But it's going to happen here too. Um, and, like, it's going to be fine. He's, he's, he's going to be fine. He's a slow starter to seasons. It's it's not a new thing. It's not the biggest deal in the world. Like, it'll be okay. Jalen just had COVID. Hopefully when he gets more distance to that, he'll be fine. I'm not really worried about those guys. Like, and, and for the people who are like, oh, they can't play together, all this stuff. Well, how, check this. As a duo, since they've been together, they have won more playoff games than all of two teams. The Bucks and, um, I believe, Golden State was the other one. Think about that. That's how successful they've been, and they're not even approaching their prime yet. So to say they just can't play together or anything like that, I'm sorry, that's just stupid. That's just stupid, and it's just overreacting, and it, there's just no place for that in a place where legitimate basketball takes are being discussed. No place for it at all. None. Like, those guys are fine. And, and, and guess who their teammate was the entire time? Marcus Smart. So, look, people want to, you know, sit there and, and, and you know, I, I see it everywhere. Everybody's making such a big deal about all the comments that were made and, you know, everybody is taking the most, you know, everybody is is trimming what, what Smart said and, and just making it sound as damning as possible. And everybody's trying to create all this controversy. And it's just like, like, chill. They played three really good quarters against a team that is currently 6-1 and one and had a really bad final quarter. Maybe they just had a bad quarter. Have, have Has anybody thought of that? Maybe they just had a bad quarter. Bad quarters happen when you play 82 regular season games. So, those guys are fine. And, and, and again, Smart and, um, I forgot which J was it, but, um, Smart and one of the Jays were, you know, kind of talking. They they had breakfast together the next day and were kind of discussing ways to to get the team going and all this stuff. It's like, okay, I bet there's plenty of teams in, in the NBA where that doesn't go on, where there's, you know, actual real dysfunction, not manufactured dysfunction and uh, all this stuff. Um, so, like... Those guys are are, are going to be fine. If there's one thing I'm concerned about, I guess, on court, it's really the defense and the defensive system. I think 
the defensive system that is being implemented is not maybe ideal. It doesn't seem like it's flexible enough. It doesn't seem like it's an ideal thing for these guys. So I, I'm a little I'm a little worried about some of the coaching stuff. I'm hoping it's just growing pains. I, I hate to call for you know a, a, another new coach after seven games again because I think it's just overreacting. But if there's one thing you know, it, obviously if this were to continue then that's an easy spot to look. But, um, you know. I'm just trying to think if there's anything, anything that I forgot. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, you can't, it's too early to overreact. They're like a couple games back of, of the teams that they're going to be because I'm sorry, the Knicks are not staying at the pace they're at. I don't believe that. Um, the Celtics are just a couple wins, uh, a couple wins back with 75 to go. There's plenty of time left for them. They play Orlando tonight. This should be one. Now, look, if they lose to Orlando, that will test my 15 to 20 game rule. I, I will admit that. But I, you know, they beat Houston without Jalen. So like, Orlando's terrible. They should beat Orlando. And then, you know, we'll see what happens against Miami. But again, that's going to be game nine. Game nine on a road back-to-back. So anyone who's sitting here overreacting to that game, you know, you, you're just clueless. You're just being clueless. You're, you're just, there's no place for it. So... And yet, I'm not backing off of Marcus Smart at point guard either. To do so would be overreacting. His defense is elite. He's always been a good passer. I mean, you know, he'll be fine. Like, he's allowed to have a bad game. That doesn't mean he's not a good point guard. Like, people need to just breathe. Um... Yeah, look, I mean, I still believe in, in in what's going on. I'm not I'm not I'm not panicking. I don't believe in that this soon and uh and, and that's just what all all there is to it. I just don't have, you know, again, if you're if you're going to be out there in, in the panic crew, I just don't have any patience for that. So, we're just not going to be operating on the same wavelength at all, I guess, and it's just not going to be worth my time to deal with. So, um I don't know, but I think that's, if I, if I think of anything else, I'll just do a separate recording and just stick it at the end of this podcast and uh, go there. So, you know, keep that in mind as you're listening here. And definitely check out my other podcast um, from the other day. I believe it was episode 38, the a- Making Sense of the AAC Playoff Picture. I'd highly encourage um, anyone who's listened to this to check that out. Um that was a great conversation I had with my friend Raleigh. We went through, um, did some NFC stuff first quickly, but then went through, um, you know, all the AFC teams, who we think is going to make it, who we like, who we don't like, just an out- outlook of where each team is going. Uh, and then gave our, our, as of our midseason, as of right now, um, picks to win each conference and the Super Bowl at the end. Uh, so, 
It was a lot of fun. Great conversation. I would highly recommend you listen to that. I think it's one of the best podcasts we've done. Um, just in terms of high level, uh, high level football talk, I think it's one of the best podcasts we've done on this feed. So I would just highly encourage that you, uh, I mean, certainly probably a lot better than this podcast, right? So I would highly encourage that you check that out. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, have a great day. Sorry, I'm not trying to to start, you know, to start anything. I just, I, 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 it just really gets me frustrated when people overreact because I just don't think there's any place for it. I just don't. There's just no place for it. So, all right. Thank you. Have a great day.